I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ah, welcome to Speak for Yourself. I'm Marcel Swatter. He's Emmanuel Ocho. Brother. And like she ended her show, I'm going to start our show. It's going to be a great show today. All right, let's get to the NBA playoffs where the Bucks and the Celtics tied up, knotted up 2-2 with the series shifted to Boston tonight for a pivotal game five. Giannis scored a game high 34 points on Monday, but his Bucks collapsed in the fourth quarter and were outscored by 15 points in the Celtics win. Ocho. Tonight a must-win game for the Bucks. I wanted to say yes, but tonight's not a must-win game at all. Now, mm. if the Bucks lose tonight, I'm not worried. If the Bucks win tonight, when the Bucks win tonight, oh, it's a wrap. Freud, I heard um, you. <laughs> now, if it was a must-win sell, that would mean that Giannis is not capable of coming back down three-two. Huh? But literally a year ago. Same situation, Eastern Conference, semifinals, down 3-2 to the Nets. What happened? Giannis Ugo Adetokounmpo. Ugo. He turned into his truest form of being the greatest player in basketball. We've seen Giannis come down from down 3-2. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sweating it. Remember, after coming back from down 3-2 against the Hawks, it's tied up 2-2. 2021. Eastern Conference Finals, but what happened? The Bucks once again mm. did what they had to do. Mm. NBA Finals last year, series tied 2-2, and Giannis did what Giannis does and handled that series 4-2. So I'm not worried because the Bucks have been here before. Oh. And when they were here before, they handled business last time, and they will handle business again this time. Now, mm. I would prefer... <laughs> the Bucks win. Oh, that's how I you would want. like yeah. the Bucks win tonight, but mm-hmm. is it a must win? No, oh, because oh. you got to think about what is the outcome if they lose. If they lose, series ain't over. It ain't if over. They lose down three two, and then if we're being honest, Giannis plays great from ahead, but he plays just as good when he is coming back from behind. Mm. And when I look at it, he ain't sweating if the Celtics do somehow find a way to go up three two. Oh man, Acho. You don't believe the words that came out of your mouth, but you said them and you said them eloquently, and I respect that. I am not the type of person who says must win. I listen to y'all. Y'all echo that all the time, and it gets louder and louder, more hyperbolic, more absolute. I understand what y'all mean now. Y'all finally convinced me, because if Milwaukee loses this game, it's a wrap. Now, I'm usually a literalist. Must win? No, we're only down two, three in a series. We can win at home and then go back to Boston and win. But that ain't happening. Let me tell you why it's not happening. One, you're not playing the injured Nets of last year and hoping for a big toe to step on the line. No, you're not playing the Trey Young Hawks, and I emphasize Young (laughs) Hawks. You are playing the Boston Celtics, which just happens to have the number one defense. 
a deeper team, better balanced team than you, and you're without your number two. Wow, they have a dynamic duo in their one-two punch of Tatum and Brown. So let's talk about what's going to happen. Boston's going to put the clamps on. They're going to get you with a depth by a thousand paper cuts if you don't win this game. Then you now are going to be in a scenario where you just lost in Boston, but you're going to win in Milwaukee and go back to Boston and hope to win when you just lost in Boston. I think that's an impossible scenario for these Milwaukee Bucks. Why? They've already told us. They're tapped, coach. We tied, boss. Without Middleton, watch Giannis. What happened in the fourth quarter of the game four? Outscored by 15 points. Watch Giannis, who is now averaging 29 field goal attempts a game this series without Middleton. But last series, 17. Much more efficient last series. 57% shooting from the field. This series, only shooting 44%. Fatigue makes a coward of all men. And I know Giannis ain't scared of nothing. But Giannis, you're going to run out of ammunition because you're going against an entire team. One man versus team, we know what's going to happen to the man. It's a wrap. If the man is a mere mortal, oh, like Kevin Durant, if the man is what? a mere mortal Three-time like champ? we are starting to see with LeBron James, that's two and a half based on your broken face. <laughs> if the man is a mere mortal like you we are starting two, to three. see with LeBron James, but not if the man is a superhuman, not if the man is notified as a freak, not if the man is Giannis Ugo. No, that's a different story. So keep in mind, yes, go. Giannis in game five, six, and sevens last year, was averaging 37.2 points per game in game five, six, and sevens. Mm. So Giannis is the kind of cat who's like, hey, when the going gets tough, it's time for me to really start balling. That's mm. what we have seen constantly. That is what we have seen continually. You got to remember, it was game seven in Brooklyn. All odds stacked against Giannis. Kevin Durant had just gone for 49, 17, and 10 two games prior. Kevin Durant had essentially sealed the series against the Bucks, and we were like, yo, it's a wrap. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Durant is in his bag right now. Uh, 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 Nets have now gone up three to two. It's blouses. And Giannis was like, so you think? <laughs> he was just like, you thought. You thought. Back doors. 40-point game, closeout game. It was a finals last year, Sal. And Giannis, he was struggling with injuries. Remember, over the Hawks series, he had missed time. That's true, that's true. Struggling with injuries, comes back and gave us 50 points to close out the Phoenix Suns. Mm. If we were talking about any other player in basketball, I would be on your side. To any other player in basketball, I would say, you know what? If they go down 3-2 to this Celtics team, it's over. If it was Jimmy Butler, if it was Luka, if it was Steph, Mm. if it was uh, uh, Tatum, if it was literally any other player besides Giannis, I would be worried. Mm. It would be a must-win game. Mm. But because of the man who we are talking about, because of the man who's leading the mission, because it's Giannis, Buck's not tripping. Well, uh, you keep giving me examples to give the Bucks confidence, but you're giving me lesser examples. It wasn't Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden full tilt. It was Kevin Durant and, y'all all right, and versus Giannis. I see Giannis winning that, okay, by a big toe. Uh, Trey Young, come on, man, that's not even the same. This is different. You got Jason Tatum when he is ready. Jalen Brown, ready. You lost a game. When Robert Williams didn't even play, and he's supposed to be able to play game five. That's a starter. Uh Uh-oh. What's going to happen to this team right now? I think they're just going to simply run out of ammunition. The field goal attempts per game is going up for Giannis because he recognizes what he has to do. 
You know in track and field, early, 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 but we're going to do track and field right now. When you see somebody do a kick real early, two things in mind. One, either they run a longer distance usually and they just having some fun, or two, they don't think they really got it. So they kicking early to try and get in your head and hope to hold on. That's what Giannis is doing, man. He's trying to hope to hold on. It's not adding up, big dog. I'm not even hating on you. He had 42 points in game three and had a minus two plus minus. Oh, boy, that ain't good. When you win game five of a series, historically, you win 82% of those series. It's not over, 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 but it's over with A. It's over. If they don't win with Giannis without Middleton, how in the hell is he going to all of a sudden claim some energy that he is depleted of, find a number two that he can trust? Remember, number two through number eight on his team, they all have minuses in the plus minus. Not one of them have a positive, a plus. Giannis is by himself, big dog. And I understand in the alley, you're going to get a couple hits in. They try to jump me. But at the end of the day, if 12 get on one, you know what's going to happen to the one. They done. So there comes times, though, in, in all of our lives where we go through a situation and we're like, we ain't never going to let that happen again. <laughs> so it's a, either it's say a that. sporting time, yep, yep. a romantic, relational time, an occupational time. Mm. Something happens and What's you that? say to yourself, you I'm say? never going to let that happen again. Mm. That was Giannis 2019. Ooh. Eastern Conference Finals, Raptors, up 2-0. Blows that 2-0 lead, loses 4-2, and goes to watch Kawhi Leonard do what only Kawhi Leonard can. Mm. And at that point in time, I think Giannis thought to himself, I ain't never going to let that happen again. Ever, ever. Because ever. what we saw from Giannis last year was a different type of will. Mm. What we saw from true, Giannis true. last year was a different type of determination. Yeah. The Giannis that we know now is a different type of dude. Remember, without Chris Middleton, they still closed out the Bulls. Yeah. Then without Chris Middleton, they still taken two games from the Celtics. Yeah. And the Celtics are a two seed. Yeah. So without Chris Middleton, Giannis is like, look, I'm giving y'all 30 and 13 right now. Beast. I'm out here being a leading scorer and leading rebounder for both teams right now. So without, Gian- without Chris Middleton, Giannis knows what he has to do, and he is, in fact, doing it. I think that for it to be a must-win is to assume that Giannis can't conjure up enough strength mm to get through this series. I don't think Giannis can conjure up enough strength to get through the entire NBA Finals okay. without Chris Middleton. But he can dismantle the Bucks Because remember, Sal, Al Horford ain't giving you 34 points again. No, he was, had a career playoff yep. high. Yep. He ain't giving you 34 points again. Jason mm-hmm. Tatum, Jalen Brown, they've been in their bags. But eventually, Jalen Brown is going to have a Drew Holiday-type game. He going to be off. Mm. Jason Tatum, he's already had his off game. So as I see it, the Bucks are going to get going eventually. Drew Holiday, okay. Pat Connaughton, and the Celtics, they can't stay this hot for this long. Mm. You really believe this? You really believe it? All right, you, you just told me that you know that Giannis ain't going to have it if, without Middleton to go all the way to oh, the wait, finals. Yes, so you know it's coming to an end. I'm just trying to tell you it's going to be a premature ending, and that's all we're debating right now. So remember, you saw uh, Gladiator. Did you I, see Gladiator? I, you know I have horrible recall. Yes, I remember that, and he kicked the dude with a long you foot. you not entertained? You're lucky I'm tight. I can't kick like that. <laughs> so I remember that. Gladiator, we remember how the movie ends when uh, 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 Russell Crowe, he ends up killing who was the emperor at he, the time. Did he kill all 300? Is that the same no, movie? different movie. Different oh, I was about to say that. That was 300. Oh, this is Gladiator. I told you I don't remember. So Gladiator, Russell Crowe, he ends up killing the dude that was emperor that was trying to take him out. If you recall the end of the movie, Russell Crowe dies. He does die, but before he dies, he takes out the emperor. Giannis, 
He might end up dying. He in took this out NBA the emperor. Playoffs. Kevin Durant's gone. That's the emperor. Please. Okay, you're the best player on the planet. Kevin now it's your turn to die. He wasn't even Bowser. Great example. Okay. Well, he wasn't even Bowser. Who is Bowser? <laughs> Bowser's Mario. Oh, different plot. <laughs> Russell Crowe, they died, big dog. They got him. Yeah, yeah. But he took out the emperor first. I think Giannis going to take out these Celtics. Mm. Giannis will not oh, have stop. enough unless stop. Middleton comes back. But don't be deceived. Giannis is going to have enough juice to take out these cats, big dog. Like, no. these Celtics. Celtics are not the world beating. No, 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 no. These Celtics nice, mm. but they not so nice that Giannis can't handle business. Man, stop it, stop it, stop it. Look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for therapy. I'm here for therapy. You ever seen someone transition? Let's just call it that. I got a funeral coming up this Friday. I got a few funerals coming up. What the hell is going on in this world? Um, you ever see somebody transition? I have. I saw my grandmother, like, literally transition before my very eyes. I'm not going to bring up that experience. I'm going to bring up an experience when I was in the league, leaving the club. I'm going to kill you. It's called the jokes of life or death, whatever the people talk. I was leaving the club, and I'm some reason, I'm probably just, just out there looking like, well, who else is out here? And I'm at the corner, and I look at the opposite corner, Hollywood Boulevard, leaving the club. I'm in a zone, and I'm just staring. And all of a sudden, I see a crowd of people stop because it's a red light. Except one person in that crowd who wasn't paying attention. Steps off the curb. Wow! Get hit by a car. He gets hit so high, he hits the stoplight. No lie. This is real talk. Lands. Wow! The position he landed in, you know it was wrapped. But then all of a sudden, while you're staring there in disbelief, you see this, like, ah, ah. And then all of a sudden, you see him relieve himself. It's a wrap, right? I only bring that up not to make everybody, oh my God, shock, how dark. I'm bringing it up because that's what you're witnessing right now. It's like, uh, uh, Giannis, oh, he went for 42. Oh, he went for 34. Oh, oh. Then you're going to just see 15 points given up, outscored in the, in the fourth quarter. But you then you're going to see this game. Oh God, Giannis, you are so inefficient. Then you're just going to see it's a wrap. You thought the emperor was dead. Yeah, he is. Kevin Durant. Now it's time for you. Who is he? Russell Crowe? Are he you? gone too. Everybody <laughs> got to go. my problem with you. What? My problem you don't with like you me anymore. Dark example. <laughs> my problem with you is this. You I'm don't believe hook. in who Giannis actually is. Yes, I like, do. You, you continue to equate Giannis to Kevin Durant. That's the problem. Like, you think that You're there's right. a, a big-term moment right. I shouldn't think that highly of him. No, no, no. You continue to equate Giannis to KD and Giannis to other people who cannot single-handedly handle Who is Giannis? Okay, has he won two MVPs? Yes. Is he the only one in the world done that? No. And who is Giannis? He has one championship. Is he the only player with one championship? No. Who is Giannis? You act like he's sitting in rare air. Where is he? Giannis is a player who's literally on the brink of his prime, and we are watching him in the midst of it. He ain't like, the first. Remember who LeBron James was after he won his first championship. After he won his first championship, he won another. And then he proceeded to go to seven finals. And then lost. Finals and then lost. The but he was there. And he was there. Okay. And he was there. Respect. So all I'm respect. saying is give Giannis the respect that he is due. Yeah. The respect that he is due is understanding Giannis is a different dude than all these other cats. I don't remember, and I don't have this on record right now. I have horrible recall. That's why I thought 300 was Gladiator. I don't remember LeBron going out there by himself and saying, let's take on a number two seed and beating them. It may have happened, but I do know when he had only Della Vadova, oh, Steph, you can win this championship. But when I come back with Kyrie and Kevin Love, it's a wrap. Well, you you need a crew. Here's what you do remember. You remember the 45-15-5 game, Eastern Conference, Game 6, oh. 2012, that Miami Heat, Boston Celtics, yeah, yeah, exactly right. Remember you remember that. when LeBron was like, I'm not going out like this. Did he win it You that remember year? that moment. He when 2012 ended up winning a chip. Yeah. So you do remember that, like, 
there comes a moment in people's lives when they get that 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 experience in their eyes where they're like, I'm just not letting this happen again. Was Dwayne to Wade me, that's hurt? where Giannis is. Was Dwayne Wade hurt? <laughs> no, you ever you always talk about fighting, and I don't fight. I ain't had a fight since Lem Great. You ever have a fight for real? Like, we got to stop. It was a good comedian who talked about. He's like, look, y'all got to stop playing with guns. Because when y'all play with guns, you go to the gun range. And you have on goggles and earmuffs. And you're sitting there shooting that paper. He said, in real life, it don't go like that. Ain't no earmuffs. Ain't no goggles. And that's real flesh. That's why things are crazy when it's real. Giannis, you, Acho, you ever get to a fight? One-on-one, you got a shot. One-on-two, you might got a shot. You play in the league. One-on-three, I don't give a damn who those three are. They got the shot. And then one-on-four, one-on the Celtics? He ain't got a shot, big dog. That's all I'm trying to tell you. If you don't want to see this, don't look on the other side of the street. Because one of them dudes going to step out because he think he by himself, Giannis. You know how that ended. Coming up, the new NFL schedule is starting to get revealed, and we cannot wait to see the Packers and Cowboys in November. That's my birthday month. Hey, we'll tell you which team is the bigger threat in the NFC next. But first, the Sixers were blown out last night. Tell you who deserves more blame, Joel Embiid or James Harden. That's next Don't Speak for Yourself. We mad at me, Acho. How much are you putting on this game? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Sixers were blown out by the Heat last night and are now on the brink of being eliminated. Now, Philly's two superstars were a no-show. Joel Embiid, 17 points. James Harden, 14 points. Big-time loss. All bad in Philly. But Marcellus, mm-hmm. who is to blame for the blowout loss, Embiid or Harden? Oh, is this even a question? Joel Embiid, whose team is this again? Joel Embiid's. It always starts at the top. Remember that. And it starts with the best player on the team. And the best player on the team can't even crack 20 points. Nobody on this team could crack 20 points when they went back down to South Beach. Return to that crime scene you were talking about before. James Harden, post-traumatic stress, shook, went back on the block. This time he brought his boy, his big brother. And big brother wasn't there. I don't know what big brother had going on in the mind and in the heart, but it wasn't pumping like normal. That third quarter aside where he came out of halftime like, let's go. And if it starts at the top, I got to blame Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid went out there and didn't perform up to standard, didn't perform up to contract. And the contract, I'm not talking about the money terms. I'm talking about what he agreed to do for the Philadelphia 76ers and more importantly, what he agreed to do with James Harden. Remember, this is a guy who wanted to undermine the contract he had with Ben Simmons and call him out. Wanted to read the fine print in front of the entire world. Ben Simmons is not the guy I could ride off into the sunset with. I can't ride to the top of this mountain with Ben Simmons. All right, get what you want. 
Now you got James Harden in the building. And James Harden, you finally play a game on the road. You go back to Miami, and this is how you return the favor. So I got to blame him. To me, it's really simple. James Harden is not asked or not tasked with being the guy on this team. It's the top dog. It's Joel Embiid. Nah, this is on Harden, and it's all on Harden. Um, Harden Harden and Embiid are tethered together. That's really what it comes down to. These two are in a partnership. Remember, we equated them to, not we, but some, to Kobe and Shaq in their prime. These two are tethered together. Harden is a superstar. Embiid is a superstar. And Mm. what I know about being tethered together, at least what I've heard, Mm. sometimes you got to pick somebody up when they down. Mm. So, four engagements, but only only one marriage. One marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good numbers. That's good numbers. Um, so that means you must have said some sort of vow, something along the lines yeah. of to have and to hold and sickness and in health. For one time? For better or for, oh, yeah. for, better or for worse yeah, yeah. and richer or for poor yeah, yeah, yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanamanaman
Nope. Don't sign a prenup. If, don't get married if you got to sign a prenup. Get it. You, who cares about the money? You're going to make more. You got talent. Here's the thing. You got to sign, and then it says spouse's signature. Ooh. Now, that's gang-related. The first time you sign that, when you realize you're putting all the money up, and it just say her signature, and it's half hers, you'd be like, oh, that's interesting. Then you're going to think about that prenup again. But <laughs> don't do it. Here's the thing, though. You always have to sign together. Right. But they also know who is the primary signator. And it ain't James Harden. It is Joel Embiid. So that's why this all falls on him. I like your line about tethered together because we're tethered together. We understand like we got to pick each other up and you got to be there for each other. But Acho, some excuses are not good enough. A orbital fracture just means protect your face. It's going to hurt sometimes, but you can play through it. And we've seen everyone from Rip Hamilton to who, Kobe. Everybody's played through something like this before in terms of wearing the mask and balling. Even MB did it. He just didn't do it when he went down to South Beach. I hear you. Come on, man. But James Harden is what? Top five when it comes down to most three-pointers uh, three made in a season. So James Harden, you're supposed to be lethal from beyond the yard. But you're five for 18 from beyond the arc in South Beach. The only person you are killing is your own team. Hmm. So when I'm looking at it, Sal, I hear you. Hmm. And Embiid is supposed to be the guy. But you can't always be the guy when you are compromised. We've been in these positions before. Hmm. Oh, Sal, your voice hurt? All right, let me read these scripts. Yes. More often than not, hey, Acho, your voice hurt? Hey, all right, I'm going to pick you up. <laughs> right. I'm going to read these scripts. Right. Because you pick somebody up when they're down. James Harden refuses to pick up Embiid when he is down. He refuses to carry the load for a game or two. I do not need James Harden to steal three games. James Harden, just steal one. That's all I need you for. Give me a 40-point game, please. Give me a 50-point game because I know you're capable of it, please. But five for 13, two for six from beyond the arc, 14 points, Minus 29 plus or minus the worst oh. of any player on your team and the worst of all starters. Can you please, James Harden, show up for me when I need you just once? I don't need you to do it every day. I don't need you to do it every game. But so the fact that he can't he can't relieve Embiid even one time, it's embarrassing. He can't pick up Embiid. Embiid got to do that. You know, when you ever get injured and you had crutches, you ever have crutches? First of all, crutches. Watch what you wear. You're going to sweat. You work with crutches. Crutches are, I'd rather stay injured. Like, I, crutches are pain. However, every doctor will tell you this is to help you walk, but you got to do your part. You can't just lean on the crutch. You're going to fall down. And B, you can't just lay on Harden. He ain't going to be able to hold you up. He's not that crutch. But you know what's crazier? And this is what Joel Embiid has been getting away with. It's time to call him out fully. This whole MVP conversation kind of, hmm? It kind of distracted us from what's going on with Joel Embiid. Him calling out his teammate Ben Simmons, that was a crime. To me, that was a felony. But we let him off on a misdemeanor. We didn't even try him as an adult, it felt like. Okay, that's fine. But have y'all been peeping Joel Embiid in the postseason the last three years? You want to talk about it? Let's start at the beginning. When in 2019, he was averaging 30 points a game. 2019, 2020. 30 points a game. 28 points a game. This, this season? 24. Wait a minute. James Harden signed up to be number two and tethered together. I'm signing up to be with the MVP. He should pull me up. 
In the postseason, Joel Embiid is not only not going to pull you up, he's going to pull himself down or try to lay on you as the number two, as Ben Simmons found out. And James Harden is finding that out right now. I understand. Orbital fracture. But before, it was fatigue. Before, it was injury. Before, it was Ben Simmons. Now we just got to look at the numbers in the absolute. You went from 30 to 28 to 24, and you supposed to be the MVP? You need to carry a little more weight, bro. But here's the issue, Sam. We've done this before. If I were to stand up on a box or something, mm. if I were up here standing on a box, it's much easier to pull me down yes. than it is for me to lift you up. That's real. So Joel Embiid has been consistently been pulled down by Ben Simmons. What? He was pulled down thus far this year by James Harden. You can't ask Joel Embiid to pull everybody up back when Seth Curry was here. Okay, Tobias Harris, let me pull you up back. When Al Horford was around, okay, Danny Green, let me pull. No, 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 no. Mm. Joel Embiid's sitting here like this with people just hanging on each and Mm. every one of his arms, and Mm. he's just trying to stay afloat. Mm. 5-4-13 is pulling down Joel Embiid, but more importantly, 5 for 18 from 3 in Miami is pulling down the entire Sixers team. I don't need Harden to be elite. I just need Harden to be good enough until Joel Embiid gets back right. So 14 points for James Harden is embarrassing, mm. particularly after coming off of a 30-plus point game. Mm. That's embarrassing. We're looking at a compromised Embiid. We are looking at a healthy Harden. Mm. Why can I not tell which one of these two individuals is compromised? Only one has an orbital fracture, but they both playing like they got the eyes broke. Oh, I wish I could give him that pass for that orbital fracture, but sorry. A guy who played with a Jones fracture, guy who played with broken pinky toes, I know what it feels like. Yeah, it hurts, but you can still play. Oh, you can play, especially with the medicine they got back door. Here we go. Did you know that Joel Embiid has had 15 career postseason games where he scored 20 or fewer points? Oh, that's embarrassing. Oh, that's embarrassing. 17 points, as you said, for James Harden was embarrassing. Joel Embiid, 17 points for you? That's embarrassing. Do you know that he averages only 19 points a game in the three postseason game losses this year? 0 for 6. You talking about, what was James Harden's three-pointer again? Five for 18. That's better than 0 for 6. <laughs> Embiid, when y'all win, you, here you go, 26 a game. When you lose, 19 a game. Dog, I think we're giving Embiid a pass. Embiid has gotten regressively worse every postseason in terms of his scoring output, and no one is making mention of that. We just keep looking at who's next to him because we can't see Joel Embiid. I don't know how y'all missing him. The dude is seven feet, even though he had the three-point line. Coming up, the Warriors can't close out their series tonight, but can Steph Curry still carry them to a title? We'll answer that next on Speak for Yourself. Come on, Embiid, do better. The Warriors can close out the Grizzlies tonight, who will be without John Morant. Steph Curry has scored at least 30 points five times this postseason, but he is also shooting about 36% on three-pointers, which is a career low for him in the playoffs. Got to bring in Fox NBA analyst Slick Rick DeBuker, but I'll choke. Can Steph Curry still carry a team to a title? Absolutely. When I think about Steph Curry, he's already carried his team to three titles. Um, that's a conversation for another time. Oh, that hurt. Uh, that hurt. Here's I knew I, that was coming. Oh, quick, just, too. Just, just hit Marcellus right out of the gate. <laughs> Here's how I know Steph can carry his team to a title. Right. Because the problem is when we think about carrying teams to titles, we only think about what players need to do. But it's not only what can a player do. It's what mistake can a player avoid. Mm-hmm. And that's why I know Steph Curry can carry the Warriors to a title. Because Steph Curry avoids 
the major mistake. See, when you think about all of the championship runs for the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry wasn't making the major mistakes of getting technicals and getting tossed from games. We've seen the likes of Giannis, Antetokounmpo get a technical giveaway points. Draymond not only getting flagrant twos, giving away points, but trying to give away games by getting tossed. Dylan Brooks getting tossed. Luka consistently up the league at top technicals, giving away points. Steph is not giving away points by dumb, boneheaded plays, nor is he giving away points on the offensive side when it's time for him to make his free throws. So Steph isn't giving away anything. We only focus on, well, can Steph still go for 30 points a game? One, yes, he can. But two, Steph isn't making the glaring mistake that you see other superstars make. I think about the Warriors being up 3-1. They could easily be down 3-1. However, John Morant, game one, 30-plus seconds left. He does not have the cognizance to go for the two-for-one. Warriors win by one. Then all of a sudden, game three, once again, it's a tight game. Excuse me, game four, it's a tight game. But the Warriors realize how to play it down the stretch, and the Grizzlies don't. When I think about can Steph carry the team to a title slick, Rick, it's not just about Steph Curry making the big play, but Steph Curry avoids the dumb mistake. Mm. And we see a lot of our superstars either can't make the big play or cannot avoid the dumb mistake. And Steph Curry finds a way to execute both. Marvelously. Like that. Can't argue with all of those points when it comes to how and what Steph Curry does, but I say no, that he can't Mm. carry them to another title. I would say that Steph Curry has never carried them Mm. to a title. Ever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. no, no. About to get ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Easy, Marcellus. Easy, Marcellus, because I'm not all the way with you either on this. Mm. I would say that he has led them to three titles. And that includes the, the, the two titles that they had with Kevin Durant when Kevin was the finals MVP. Best player. Steph Curry has the ability to lead a team there. But when I think about a team, uh, about a player carrying a team, and not just carrying a team through the first round against a John Morant star who has never so much as won a series or closed out a series or has only been to the playoffs a second time and now you're not making mistakes in a game where John Moran is not even available. I don't count that as carrying a team to a title. I see that as leading a team past an inferior, less experienced <clears throat> team. Steph Curry, is, has, it has, it's been demonstrated. Steph Curry at this point needs more help than he ever has, but even along the way in those first three titles, what has made the Warriors so magical is the fact that Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry fit and complement each other so well. When I think of a player carrying a team, I think of a player who's capable of making the big play at either end of the floor whenever it needs to be made. That hasn't been the case with Steph Curry. It's never been the case with him at the defensive end of the floor. That's the rare place of a Kawhi Leonard or a Giannis Antetokounmpo, or a LeBron James, or a Michael Jordan, or a Kobe Bryant. Steph Curry is not in that category when it comes to being able to make a defensive impact. And even if you look through the course of them going where they've gone in terms of, of championships, there's a reason Andre Iguodala was the finals MVP the first time that they won. There's a reason that Kevin Durant was the finals MVP in the other two championships because they played such huge roles. 
Now, I give Steph credit for bringing all those pieces together and keeping them on the beam and being the intangible that finds a way to meld himself around all those pieces and allowing them to shine in their way. But that's leading. Carrying is all of you get on my back and I am going to take you there. He is more the navigator than he is the driver. Wow, this show is special. I hate that take. I hate that. You hate that take? Hate that take. Hate that take. Hate it, Slip. I love it. I'm going to tell you why. Even though I disagree with it almost wholeheartedly, what was special about it is Acho is giving the answer I'm giving, the simple answer. And then Slick wanted to weave in the sophisticated answer. And we're really answering like nine different questions with two different takes. Let me chime in right here. Let me give you my simple answer. Hell yeah, he can help carry them and lead them to a championship. You got to remember oh, who's... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You threw the word help in there. Whoa, you threw the word help in there. Whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You said help. I know. Oh, I'm I mean, sorry. I, I don't talk in absolutes. No, no, no. I know that every championship ever won comes with more than one player. Sorry, name them. There we go. Got quiet. Here we go. So he can lead and help them get there. This is what Steph Curry does. Steph Curry goes out there and shoots the lights out. And right now, Steph Curry, for those who are thinking he's falling off, led the NBA this year in three-pointers made. Mm-hmm. Ninth time he's done that. Don't forget also that Steph Curry right now is top five in scoring this postseason. In case y'all want to say he's really falling off. Why do I bring up the simple answer with Acho? Because let's go back to when Steph Curry did win his championships. Remember that? Ooh, averaging 28 points a game, 45% from the field. Remember that? 28 points a game, 48% from the field. Remember that? 25 points a game, 45% from the field. Where is he right now? 28 points a game, 46% from the field. He's right where he's always been in terms of being a guy who can lead his team to a championship with help. Now, where's the help? Because, you know, Steph Curry, this is the sophisticated answer uh, that you were talking about, Slick. He's always needed help. And it's not always based on who his teammates are. Sometimes it's just who he's facing. His first championship, he didn't face LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love. He faced LeBron and Della Vadova championship. The second one, he got help from within. He got Kevin Durant. Third one, he had Kevin Durant. So now where's he going to find a Kevin Durant on his team or add it up to become a Kevin Durant? Well, I don't know. Jordan Poole has been playing lights out this postseason, or at least he has certainly been an addition that no one saw would be to this level, to this magnitude. Now you're starting to close the gap in terms of what kind of presence you can have. I don't know. Maybe Draymond Green is still one of the top defenders in the game. Yes, he is like he was in those championship years. The only thing that's making us doubt Steph Curry right now is because Steph Curry has lost what we perceive as his Robin. That's Klay Thompson. Let's talk about Klay Thompson Mm. right now. Klay Thompson in this series is averaging only 15 points a game and it's 0 for 7 from 3 in game 4. We saw it. He's shooting 25% from 3. What you're seeing that is making you look at Steph different is the reality that Klay ain't the same. Now, before, when Klay was him, 
KD was there. It, lights out. Good luck beating them. They went 16-1 and one in one of the postseasons. But now we don't have Kevin Durant there. Now you're not seeing other teams ass hobbled in front of them. Now you're seeing Klay Thompson take a step back because he hasn't recovered fully from injury. And it's making you question who Steph is. But I'm here to remind you, Steph is the same dude he's always been. The same dude that has three championships. <clears throat> I like that take, Sal. Now, Slick, uh-huh. I love what you were saying. I just ain't like how you said it. <laughs> I ain't like how you said it. Slick, you know who you are, and it's surprising because really who you are is who I should be, but who is Slick Rick Buker? Let's go. Slick Rick Buker is acting like the single dude who's mad that his homeboy who's now in a relationship don't want to still carry himself single. Mm. Hey, why don't you still come out with the boys? Mm. Well, because I'm in a relationship now. Hey, why don't you stay out till 2 a.m.? I got to go back home to my old lady. Hey, big dog, won't we, you know, peruse the Instagram Explore page just see what's good? Peruse. I'm in a committed relationship. Slick, you can't get mad that Steph Curry doesn't do everything by himself when he is asked for and solicited help. Like, you're not can't be that Steph Curry can't single-handedly carry a team or lead a team because Steph Curry has led a team. Mm. He's led a team in collectiveness. He's led a team in selflessness. He's led a team in camaraderie. He's led a team to championships mm. by making sure he leads just that, the operative word being team. So I'm not going to mm. be mad at Steph Curry for not mm. carrying himself as a single because Steph Curry was cognizant mm. enough to say, you know what, mm. I am going to lead this team by make sure I lead this team. <laughs> so many people don't know how to lead a team because yeah. they don't know how to run a team because they don't know how to bring together a team. But Steph Curry not only brings together a team, he keeps the team and then he leads the team. team. So slick. Yes, slick. Don't be mad at the dude in the relationship for not acting single. I'm no at home, more. homie. I'm at home. Steph Curry in a relationship, and he ain't acting single no more. Yeah. He got himself a team, a good one. And I ain't mad at you. Okay. I ain't mad at I could run, I, I, I could run with that analogy and suggest that when when your boy who's committed in the relationship is hanging with the fellas, I don't want to hear all about that relationship. I want him to be with me. <laughs> he has to participate in the same way. That dude is I just don't want to hear about mama all the time, all right? Because you're with the boys. So let's talk about what the boys are doing in the moment, all right? That's real slick. That's what I'm asking. That's real slick. Okay, that's that said, said, go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. That said, that said, the operative word is not team and all that you discussed. It's led. He led. He didn't carry. Because we saw, here's the truth. Marcellus, you want it simple? I'll give it to you simple. Please. We've seen Steph Curry carry a team. Last year, he carried that team. Mm. He didn't have a whole lot of help. Mm. It was all on Steph Curry to mm. get it done. And what did he do? He carried them to the play-in tournament. <laughs> and then it wasn't enough to get out of the play-in tournament. So we have seen Steph Curry carry a team. We saw it last year. Was he able to carry them to a title? No, he couldn't get anywhere close to a title. And if you look at this year's team in the way that it is playing, who has been one of the most impactful, I would argue the most impactful offensive player that they have? It's not Steph Curry. It's Jordan Poole. Yeah, yeah. When Jordan Poole is on, they are a completely different oh, team. When he is off, 
Then Steph Curry has to utilize mm-hmm. all that experience. He has to manage everything that's going around him. He has to be able to draw fouls down the stretch in order to get them through the final minutes of a game that is being played against a team without its best closer. And we're nowhere close to talking about winning a title. This is just a matter of the first two rounds. So whether it's, and I see this across the board with the Warriors, it's what makes it promising that they can have a revival. But let's make no mistake, Draymond Green can't be the same defender that he once was. He needs Andrew Wiggins with him and he needs Andrew Wiggins playing at his best. It's the same with Steph Curry. Now that Klay Thompson can't be Klay Thompson, Steph Curry is dependent on Jordan Poole being what Jordan Poole can be offensively for this team to go. So it's not as if, if you're asking me, can Steph Curry win another title? Absolutely. Can he lead the Warriors to another title? Absolutely. Can he carry them there? I think we saw last year where that gets you. Yeah, man, this conversation to me is just so enlightening because I'm getting pulled in every direction. The simple, the sophisticated. You're right. Like every basketball great has needed help. But it seems like there's a different level of support necessary when you talk about Steph Curry being your cherry on top, right? Uh, just think about this, guys. They beat LeBron and Della Vadova. Then they win 73 games and don't win the title. Then they recruit Kevin Durant. That puts a lot of makeup on a problem that you may not see, which is without all of these resources, how great are you? And this is not to take a shot at Steph Curry, but damn, I think some people forgot that it takes a lot for someone to try and carry a team. And I'm still scratching my head outside of Dirk. Maybe that one year, who has ever carried a team? But Steph Curry did lead the Warriors and win shares in two of those three championship runs. Why do I think Steph Curry can carry this team? Because I think he has enough. I think he has the proper resources around him. Obviously, I want Clay to wake up, but hey, Clay is fighting some demons and some issues within his body that may be difficult to ever overcome. Let's be real about this. Steph Curry has the most contagious shot in the NBA and in his history. It's not a dunk, a thunderous dunk over another dude. We used to think that was the most contagious shot that gets you just at a primal level screaming, oh my God, it's not that anymore. It's a guy who is in the parking lot with no sight line and no space between him and the defender and still makes a three-pointer and turns up and does a shimmy. It's Steph Curry. Why do I know this? Because it's so contagious that it made Jordan Poole show up in the postseason like he's an all-star. It's that contagious where this entire team is playing up to standard because they know Steph Curry is always going to infect them with that energy. It's reminiscent, seriously, and I know Acho remembered this. When Ray Lewis, everyone was saying he fell off or was falling off, and then you saw Ray Lewis in the Super Bowl again, and you were like, just a reminder of him. Or Odell Beckham when he gets traded from Cleveland, and you see it again, and you're like, just a reminder. It makes others around him get inspired and play up to a higher level because you know there's greatness in there. And like I said before on my earlier take, Steph Curry's giving you the exact same numbers or better numbers than he did when they were on championship runs. It's just on the other guys around them to make sure they bring those championship pieces. Coming up, how much pressure is on Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers this season? We'll reveal our top five quarterbacks under the most pressure next on Speak for Yourself. 
Yeah, you know that tune. That means the best NFL games on Fox all season long in 2022. And in week 10, Dak Prescott and that scintillating Cowboys offense head to Lambeau to take on reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. It goes down Sunday, November 13th on Fox. There'll be a lot of great games being announced tomorrow on FS1 and NFL Network, but it's going to be hard to beat Cowboys versus Packers November 13th right here on Fox. Now, both Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers will have a lot on the line this season ahead of their Week 10 showdown. So that got us thinking about quarterbacks under the most pressure. Otto, get us started. Who are you going with with the number one? Boy, y'all better run them deep routes. Only way you scoring on my defense. Oh, we got a good pass rush though on my defense. That's all we got. (laughs) Okay, QBs under the most pressure. It's not my off-camera quarterback because he got an arm. But at number five, it's Russell. Wilson. I like that. Russell Wilson, he's under, he's a fifth quarterback under the most pressure mm. because everybody is expecting Russell to take the Broncos from a seven-win team to a playoff team. I, like I think Russell Wilson is capable of that. Problem, Patrick Mahomes, mm. Justin Herbert, mm. Derek Carr. Get Russell low. Wilson is in a division with a whole lot of talent, so yeah. a whole lot of pressure because, Russ, the expectations are high. You've been to a Super Bowl before. You're a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's time to see what you're going to do. But number four, how about the quarterback in his division, Derek Carr? Derek Carr? Derek Carr Pressure? has an MVP vote. Derek Carr is a three-time Pro Bowler. But the issue with Derek Carr is this. We just gave you the best receiver in football. Yeah. We've believed in you for roughly eight years now. Who are you? Mm. I gave you the statistic before, Sel. So if money. you do not get to a Super Bowl within the first six or seven years of a franchise, you're just not getting it. It's not happening. Now, we saw Matt Ryan get to a Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons nine years later. We saw Peyton Manning win a Super Bowl with the uh, Indianapolis Colts, I believe it was six or eight years later. But Derek Carr, if you can't do it hmm. with Devontae Adams, you just can't do it. It's time to move off of you. Hmm. Number three. Let's go. Dak Prescott, baby. Dak Prescott's Don't under a lot that. of pressure. He plays for the Cowboys. It's always pressure. But, but but he ain't going nowhere. They can't do anything to him. They gave him his money. He Dak. He Dak. All he of dat. that is true. But eventually, you know, the first year you get your money, it's the honeymoon year. Yeah. Oh, we true. paid him. He's literally untouchable. That's it. By the second year that you've gotten your money, now we will look at you sideways. To mm-hmm. your point, Dak can't go nowhere. Contract essentially fully guaranteed. So he ain't going nowhere. But we will start to look at him some type of way if once again the Cowboys do not win a playoff game. He is one in three in the playoffs. Playoffs, making $40 million a year. That is a lot of pressure. Mm. But my top two spots. Let's go. Let's go. To war. It's 1A. It's 1B. Mm. It's Jalen Hurts. It's Tua Tungavailoa. I don't even know how they do him up there. It's Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa. It's a lot of pressure for these two. Mm. Let me start by saying it like this. Tua, we gave you Tyree Kill, a five-time all-pro Pro Bowl caliber player. So we gave him mm. the most dangerous wide receiver in football when it comes to what he can do to a defense. Jalen Hurts, we gave you A.J. Brown. We got rid of a first-round pick for you in A.J. Brown. Last year, we used a first-round pick to draft a Heisman-winning receiver mm. in Devontae Smith. Not only that, we used a first-round pick the year before to draft a wide receiver in Jalen Rager. Jalen Hurts, we handed you the keys to the car, and then we up- upgraded the whip, and we put the rims on it. We have done everything possible for you, but why are they both 1A and 1B? Dolphins, two first-round picks next year. You better believe if Tua Tungavai <laughs> show up, they are trading up to get a quarterback. You already know. Eagles, 
two first-round picks next year. Mm-hmm. You better believe if Jalen Hurst does not show up, they are trading up to get a quarterback. Bryce Young. There. Bingo. <laughs> Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, yes, two of the C.J. top Stroud. quarterbacks supposed to come out next year. Mm. So these two quarterbacks are the two in which they don't ball. They will lose their jobs. The rest are fine. They're just going to lose a little bit of pride, uh. a little bit of dignity, maybe a little uh. bit of money. Yeah. But the top two, if they don't ball, mm. they're going to lose their jobs. Man, I want a pressure situation. I can't hear you at the end say, they are fine. That ain't pressure. <laughs> and then the top two, not even top ten guys. So what kind of pressure are you really under? I got clowned yesterday by Acho. I'm going to give you all my list because I prepped the wrong question. He thought I was right. Today, I'm wrong. I'm going to give you all my top five quarterbacks, but they also are the ones under the most pressure. Let's start off with number five, Matthew Stafford. Um, Last time I checked, you got a coach offensively minded that is a genius, right? And no one wants you to come to L.A., win a Super Bowl, and then we were like, that was a fluke. What are you going to do to back up that performance? Now, there's pressure because Odell Beckham Jr., you're not in the building. Who's your true number two out there? A lot of people, including me, Cooper Cup, amazing. Did he overachieve last year? Is he going to be able to sustain that level? Where is your running game? How healthy will it be? How consistent will it be? The defense, you lose a Von Miller. We're going to see how you guys make up for that. Matthew Stafford, it was a honeymoon last year that ended perfectly. What you going to do to back up that performance? Let's go to number four. Let's go to the GOAT and Tom Brady. Tom Brady, once again, wins a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford model, he borrowed it from Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Go to a new team, win a Super Bowl. The next year, uh, not the same results. Then you retire. Then you come back. Now you're making more money than the whole world got. You and Jeff Bezos got the most money. But respect to Tom Brady. Now you're thinking about your next now. It's a conversation to be had of what the results will be. If I'm Tom Brady, I I can't retire. I'm in the MVP conversation still. I had career numbers and some statistics. Tom Brady's under some pressure to see how the team's success will go back to what it was year one, or will it keep regressing like year two? Let's go with number three. My favorite quarterback, 1A, 1B favorite. Justin Herbert. Herbie, baby! It's time to get in the playoffs, dog. I'm tired of waiting in the club, holding your table down, and I'm waiting on you to show up with the credit card. Where you at, Herbert? Come on. All of this talk about how great you are, which I know is real, and all this talent is around you, which I know is real. Now you got a defense. I know it's real. You got to make it happen. Here's the caveat. This damn division this year is so silly. It's going to be difficult to get a win, but Herbert, no excuses, bro. Time to come in the club. Number two, interesting choice right here. Aaron Rodgers. Why? Aaron Rodgers, you don't took all the money. True. Yeah, right, right. You got all the money. You lost Devontae Adams. And now you've reloaded your defense. But offensively, who are you going to throw the ball to consistently? Ah, that's going to be a conversation for another day. But a back-to-back MVP must figure it out. But a ton of pressure because of all the off-season talk and conversation and issues with him. And you got all the money and not the resources. But number one, let's go to the top dog. Josh Allen, come on, man. It's time to get over this hump. I don't know how big this hump is. Is it a mountain or is it a hump? It's time for him to advance. Patrick Mahomes, get out the way. I need you to get to the Super Bowl. I need you to not stop short at the AFC Championship game once again. Last year, I got a heart attack watching that game. What was it, 13 seconds ago? I thought the Buffalo Bills advanced. He outperformed Patrick Mahomes. It was an insane performance. He's amazing. He's my dude, him and Justin Herbert. But it's time for you to get to the next level. That's Super Bowl. Let me ask you this. Let's go. Josh Allen, remember, he gets knocked out uh, before the championship game because championship game, we end up getting Chiefs. Yeah, 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 true. true. Is it enough for him to just get to the AFC championship game? 
No, because he was there two years ago. Yeah. No, can't do that again. We can't do that again. Can you separate this for me? Because I was torn. Hurts to a both of their Ooh. jobs, I think, are up if they, do, they don't ball this year. Yeah. Both teams added prime elite receivers, obviously Tua, Tyree Kill, Hurts, A.J. Brown. Both are under relatively new coaches, Nick Sirianni, Mike McDaniel. Separate that 1A, 1B for Okay, me. let me play agent for them. Right now, they're not in the same position. Tua, look, we understand how many coaches you've had? Multiple, right? Same as Hurts. Same thing is Tua, there's been conversation undermining him from hello. What hurts, it hasn't been the same level in terms of undermining. Plus, he has better receivers. Let's just show it like it is. If Tyreek Hill's your number one, there is some question of what type of number one receiver is that? Just a deep threat or a guy who's going to run all the routes? A.J. Brown is a different type of number one. He can run all the routes. He will run all the routes. Tyreek Hill, different conversation. I think you have it right. I think that Tua, multiple coaches, not always supported, will land on his feet. I think if Jalen Hurts, if he fails this year, he won't land on his feet. He'll land a little sideways, a little awkwardly. You know who I could have on my list? I actually think Herbert should be cemented on a list. He could be my six because we preach about Herbert as if he is so, so great. But then we look into what he's actually done and what he's actually won, and there's just nothing to show for it. I won't name the artist, though. I won't name the artist. But one time I was looking up one of my favorite artists, and I was like, oh, let me see how many Grammys they have. They've been atop the industry forever. And I saw, like, two Grammys. Two? And I was taken aback mm. because, you know, the Kanye's of the world have 20, the Beyonce's oh, of the God. world have 20, 30, right. 40, et cetera. Mm. And mm. I saw two, and I was like, are you as good as... Is I think. Mm. And so when I think about Justin Herbert, no playoff appearances, no playoff wins, eventually even you were going to have to be like, yo, is he as, as good as I think? I, I, I know it's the quarterback position and it's different than the running back position, but I never doubted Barry Sanders, who never won a Super Bowl, who never appeared in the Super Bowl. Like sometimes different. I, I, I'm giving you the whole position difference, but I can't go there. I'm looking at Justin Herbert like you're all time. His first two years are NFL all time. Now it's time for him to trans transition that to the team. Make that translate to uh, team wins. But I can't put it on Herbert. I can't put it on Herbert, but I know how everyone's going to perceive the situation. That's why he's on my list. Let's go over here, though. Please do. Hasn't Derek Carr been able to hide for so many years? He's and you hiding. think, look, he got another he's contract. Y'all like this contract. He's been getting paid. He's been hiding. He's been getting paid. And now he has Devontae Adams. You think just the presence of Devontae Adams changes all the pressure for him? The reason being is when I think about Derek Carr over the course of his career since he came into the league, we've never really seen Derek Carr with an elite target. Like with an elite wide receiver. Even when I think about the Raiders wide receivers, Darren Waller's been their guy for the last three years. Cooper, That's a tight end. Amari, Amari Cooper was there for a good three years, yeah. but they didn't love him so much that they, they were willing to move off of him. Amari Cooper was great, mm. but Amari Cooper was great for a young receiver. You know mm. how it yeah, goes. Yeah, like, yeah. oh man, he a beast. He a beast for a young receiver. Yeah, yeah. He was giving you 900 yards, 1,100 yards, yeah. 1,200 yeah. yards, 1,100 yards. Devontae Adams gives you 1,400 yards, mm. gives you 1,300 yards. Devontae Adams is great for a great receiver. Mm. Amari Cooper was great for a young receiver. That's different lanes, different tax brackets. If Carr can't get it done with Adams, it's a wrap. But still, I think the most telling note, and this is my favorite telling note, 
You know if a quarterback can win with a team within his first six years. Yeah, yeah. If you can't win with your team within your first six or so years, I'm worried about you. Derek Carr has passed that six-year mark. Define it's a wrap. I just don't see any consequence for Derek Carr in success or failure for him. It's going to be the same. Derek Carr will likely become who Matt Ryan became in Atlanta. Oh. Good quarterback. Great quarterback. MVP caliber year. Derek Carr, remember, he already had an MVP vote. Derek Carr, three pole bowls. But eventually, they'll look at you like, hey, you were good for us, but you're never going to get it done for us, and they'll move on from you eventually uh, like the Falcons did uh. with Matt Ryan, or they'll try to replace you. Remembering, I love when Colin says mm. this, Derek Carr is good enough to keep the Raiders in NFL purgatory. Matt Ryan kept the Falcons in NFL purgatory. You're never going to be good enough to win us a Super Bowl, mm. but you're never going to be bad enough to give us a top five pick. Mm. So eventually, we end up being the 12th to 17th best team in the league. We're never going to win, but not be bad enough to rebuild. We're just stuck. Derek Carr, if you keep the Raiders in purgatory, eventually they're going to move on from you. They may be looking elsewhere, huh? That's your draft day, girlfriend. You're good enough to get me here, but I'm, mm, this league is different. Coming up, I'll speak that real. The Nets GM talked about problems with their culture (laughs) and wanting players. We're going to spit it. Who are available. Oh, that was the worst one ever. I love it. We have a lot to say about this. That's the point. Let me get this (laughs) spinning. I'll speak for yourself. Damn, I can't stand all these broken fingers. <laughs> the Nets are out of the playoffs, but their GM, Sean Marks, made headlines today. Marks said, quote, did we take a step back? Without a doubt, the culture isn't what it once was. He was also asked if they're committed to Kyrie Irving long term. Listen to this. I think we know what we're looking for. You know, we're looking for guys that want to come in here, be part of something bigger than themselves, um, play selfless, play team basketball, uh, and be available. And that goes not only for Kyrie, but for, for everybody here. Mm, Slick is back with us, but Acho, what do you make of the Nets GM's comments? Uh, he's keeping it real. And what he's doing is exposing the truth, which is, look, the way the Nets are currently built right now from a chemistry perspective is not good enough to get it done. Mm. They have a bunch of guys that are far too focused on themselves and not willing to sacrifice for the greater good of the team. Team sports are all about sacrifice, y'all. Let's go back to the bubble when the Lakers won the playoffs and Alex Caruso could not go to his own sister's wedding. They're about sacrifice. Let's go to the 2016 Super Bowl when Carolina Panthers took on the Denver Broncos. Peyton Manning won as he retired. Carolina Panthers linebacker Thomas Davis played with roughly 15 uh, stitches still in his arm because he had a fractured elbow from just a few weeks prior. Sacrifice of health. Alex Caruso sacrificed familiarly. Those, if you want to talk from a spiritual perspective, if you play in the NFL, you ain't going to nobody's church on nobody's Sunday from weeks one through 17 Hmm. is sacrificing spiritually the nfl the nba professional sports are all about sacrifice physically familiarly spiritually emotionally what are you willing to give up for the greater good of the team i'm not mad if you not don't give it up i just need you to know you have to give it up so we can win whatever it is when you look at the nets they just don't have a whole bunch of guys who are willing to give it up whatever it is y'all recall Kyrie Irving Brooklyn bubble year he did not want to go to the bubble because he was not willing to make that sacrifice as it pertained to the social unrest he did not see fit to play basketball at those times y'all recall Kyrie Irving 2021 he did not want to get vaccinated because he did not want to make that physical sacrifice as he saw it 
Everybody has to sacrifice to play professional sports. I've given you the physical sacrifices. I've given you the emotional sacrifices. I've given you the relational sacrifices. I've given you the spiritual sacrifices. Everybody got to make sacrifices. But the Nets do not have guys that are willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. And that is what Sean Marks is bringing to our attention. If you don't got guys willing to make the ultimate sacrifice, you don't got guys that are willing to win a title. Where you at, Slick? Slick. Is he I'm going to drill down when it comes oh, to frozen. Kyrie Irving specifically. Can you guys hear me? Do you have me? I got you, Slick. We got you. It's tough, but let's see it one more time. Oh, well, no, he gone. All right, let me go get this. Oh, man. What do I make of these comments? Uh, I thought GM stood for general manager, but now it's gangster, man. He went at Kyrie. And it's crazy to go at Kyrie. He tried to then take it and expand it to others, but he meant Kyrie. Let's talk about this. This is as gangster as you can talk about Kyrie, a guy of that stature. You got to remember this. Kyrie's don't grow on trees, so you can't chop that tree down. But you got to also set the tone or reset the tone in terms of expectations, especially at this moment. When you're in transition of an offseason to an on-season, as it will be latter part of this year, or contract talks or whatever you're trying to do in terms of resetting the culture, it's important that you are transparent. It's important that you're honest in that moment because most of the times when things are going well, status quo, no one is sitting there ready for the teaching or the learning. It's just let's just continue to go out there and have our same success. But this team fell short two years in a row because of losing to Giannis in the big toe game that was very close. But hey, injuries came into play this year. Look what happened to this team, not just Kyrie. Does James Harden come a part of this conversation? James Harden started this season with this team. Mm -hmm. The way that they started this season is not the way they finished this season in terms of team talent. Let's start there before we get into culture. Because I think a lot of times people hide behind the word culture. Oh, well, the culture is going to help us win. No. You got to have great coaching and you got to have greater players. That's going to help you win more than just some culture because I could tell you time and time again, great cultures that went up and down. Lakers had a great culture. Oh, what happened? They lost their coach and they lost their players. The Bulls had a great culture. What happened? They lost their coach. They lost their players. You can talk about the Patriots and anything. You lose your coach or you keep your coach, you lose your players. Then all of a sudden things change. But we hide behind the word culture. I'm not going to put this all on Kyrie because we can look at sacrifice two ways. What are you giving up in your own world or what are you giving to this game in terms of commitment to basketball? You can't question Kyrie. You can't question KD in terms of what they're giving to the game of basketball. Not at, all. Not at all. You can't do that. But what I know is this. Sacrifice has to do with both parties. It has to do with what are you giving and what are you uh, uh, sacrificing, right? When you talk about Kyrie, we know that he is giving a lot of his talents to the game of basketball. But what is he letting go for the greater good of the game of basketball? Again, relationally, just because you show up for your wife's uh, anniversary don't mean you can also show up for the side chick's anniversary. You got to let go of that as well. They got an anniversary. You remember the day you met her? <laughs> I would hope. Probably you certainly remember where. I don't know about when. But let me give it to you like this, Sal. What's up? Because the reason I can't knock or even bring a James Harden into this conversation, and the reason it's all about Kyrie, and truth be told, it's all about Kevin Durant, hmm. because you attract who and what you are. Yeah, yeah. Pre-show, getting the makeup done in the makeup room. 
They were like, hey, Acho, you ain't never drank, huh? I was like, nah, I never drank, no reason to. Lemonade's good to me. They were like, your best friend, has he ever drank? You met my best friend, you met him several times, my dog, Cheedy. Cheedy. I'm like, nah. Interestingly enough, like, he ain't drank either. I never thought of it, like, mm. that it was that he ain't drink and I ain't drink mm. or he doesn't drink and I don't drink. It's just you attract who and what you are. Mm. So when you look at James Harden coming in and coming out, when you look at Kevin Durant and some of the issues that's going on in Brooklyn, when you look at Kyrie Irving, they're all just attracting who they are. And to some degree, mm. they are high-level me individuals. Mm. Think about James Harden. Man, it's about me, Houston, so I got to dip. I got to go to Brooklyn, see what's up. Goes to Brooklyn. Man, it's about me, y'all. So, like, I see what y'all doing, Kyrie, but I ain't got no time for this. I got to go to Philly and see what's up. Now he's in Philly. Think about Kevin Durant. Goes to Golden State, wins a couple MVPs, but, man, you know what? Uh, I don't really like wrestling with the fact that my team is a Steph's team. Where's my legacy? I'm going to move on and go to Brooklyn. Think about Kyrie Irving. Hey, Boston Celtics, I'm going to sign back here. It's me and you, baby. Dips, chunks of deuces, goes to Brooklyn. Then in Brooklyn, hey, Kyrie, if you just get vaccinated, you can play at home games. I mean, that's cool and all, but you know, I'm just not really about that vaccination life. You attract who you are. And the problem is the Brooklyn Nets are continuing to attract themselves. And it's not a good looking piece mm. because it's, an in, it's a group of individuals as opposed to a team. Uh, I think you could look at that attraction two different ways. Let's talk about it. One, I didn't know you drafted Cheaty. <laughs> you traded for Cheaty? Oh, that ain't a team construct. That, that's your boy. I don't know how y'all met. Boy Scouts, I don't know. St. Mark's. Somehow y'all just became homies, right? Sensibilities connect, right? Mm -hmm. That ain't a basketball team. That's not a football Kevin team. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving didn't do the same thing? Oh, hold on. Yeah, they both commit to the game to a level To each that, other. To the game, too. Like, KD was all in on basketball before he met Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving was doing the same to the game of basketball. These dudes are purists. Like, those two are purists in this respect. And you know why I know that? Not just because I can see it. It's because when James Harden got into the mix, <laughs> what did Kevin Durant tell James Harden that got James Harden in his feelings? Dog, you out of shape. Simple as that. That ain't got nothing to do with vaccination and selfishness. And I'm sorry, we live in a world now that when you tell somebody that they ain't right, you are not respecting them or being empathetic. Dog, you fat. That's all he's saying. You out of shape. You can't play basketball like that. Why you got to ostracize me and make me feel bad? Man, get the hell off my team then. And that's where it went. Now he's there with Kyrie. You can't tell Kyrie to get vaccinated. When's the next pandemic coming? No one knows. Hopefully no one ever has to experience it. But damn, can we just call this an anomaly? You had a James Harden who wasn't committed up to Kyrie and KD standard. You had a James Harden who was injured last year when you needed him. He got hurt in the first game against the Bucs. Like, uh, they like. So when we talk about this culture, let's just make sure that we remember that these dudes either tapped out or were compromised by things that may not happen again. But Sal, something will always happen. It might not be what happened yesterday happened in a day, but something that happens today is going to happen. Another pandemic? It's not about a pandemic. You had a, a, a back surgery. Yes, I did. Had a back surgery. You had a foot surgery. Yes, keep going. Uh, you broke your thumb. I don't think you had surgery. You broke a finger. I don't think you had surgery on it. That don't count, Joel Embiid. Them breaks <laughs> play. Nonetheless, yeah. you didn't break your foot twice, but you broke your foot. Yeah. You didn't break your back twice, but you broke your back. There's always going to be something. And I'm assuming you still to this day probably have to deal with the little back pains here and there. Bitty, yeah. Maybe a little foot pain here and there. We can talk about Shannon Sharp. If I'm not mistaken, he just got both hips replaced over the last year. Because mm -hmm. there is a sacrifice you have to make to play professional sports 
physically. Yes, yes. Agreed. Kyrie Irving did not make that sacrifice. I'm not saying that is problematic. Uh, I get your point. I get your I'm point. saying, like, you easily could have said, sorry, Chargers, I got a bad back. I should have. Oh, sorry, you're too late to this no conversation. No question to <laughs> it. You could have, you should have, you would have, but you didn't. Alex Caruso could have said, hey, sorry, Bron, it's my sister's wedding. Hopefully she only gets married once. But he said, you know what, sis? I might only win one chip. Sacrifice. So all I'm saying is I'm not mad at Kyrie Irving for not sacrificing his physical health. Mm. But we cannot treat this pandemic differently than we treat all these other ailments. Because you're going to have to deal with your back ailments for the rest of your life. Mm. Your foot ailments, potentially, for the rest of your life. Uh, mm. Aunt going to have to deal with his hip replacements for mm. the rest of his life. Mm. I'm going to have to deal with my fractured finger, fractured hand for the rest of my life. Mm. Injuries are injuries and sacrifice is sacrifice. And the Brooklyn Nets, particularly Kyrie Irving, mm. are not willing to make those sacrifices. Ah, ah man, man, I, I wish I could go. You say it every step of the way I'm agreeing with, and then you say that conclusion, and I'm just like, no, no. Uh, let's just be real. I broke my pinky toe twice, but you were flowing. I ain't want to mess it up. <laughs> I, was, I broke my pinky toe twice. Um, and if Caruso was as good as Kyrie Irving, he would have... He would have said, bye, Lakers. I'm going to the wedding. But he couldn't pull that car because he know he Caruso hanging on by a string, even though he balled this year for the Bulls, okay? But the point is, leverage matters. Let's not do that. Don't act like your flex ain't different when you the man versus when you ain't the man. But why you got to flex? That's, That's my problem. But hold on. I'm, you ain't always got to flex. Hold on, but this ain't even a flex. This is a pandemic. All you got on Kyrie with the Brooklyn Nets is a pandemic. Give me some more. A bubble. Remember the bubble. He did not want to play because of the social unrest. They all didn't want to play. I feel like playing basketball right now because of what's LeBron going on. Say that? But LeBron still hooped and won a chip yeah. because LeBron, the LeBron team was better. Sacrificed. LeBron team was better. He was better because he was present. <laughs> well, His team was better because he showed up. That's true, but he wasn't the only one who didn't show up, Kyrie. I get it. Okay, now we now we getting somewhere. Here's our agreement. James Harden, you messed this all up, right? James Harden, if this team was as advertised in terms of availability and commitment, they would have been fine. James Harden wasn't as committed to the game of basketball. You're saying that Kyrie is a little more committed to the game of life than he is basketball or is in higher balance than it should be? I don't know. But what has Kevin Durant got to do with this? Kevin Durant, if he's not hurt, he's baller, mm -hmm. basically, except in the Boston Celtics series. But the point is, I just can't put this on Kyrie in terms of culture. You have to. You have to Social sell. issues that everybody else was tapping out on. You know I wouldn't have tapped out. I'm playing, but they here's, did. Here's why you have to. Kyrie Irving was there first. The Nets are uh. Kyrie's house. So, like, if I go. come to Marcellus Wiley's house and he says, hey, Acho, mm -hmm. no shoes inside. Yeah. I'm taking my shoes off. Yeah. Hey, Acho, yeah. no cigarettes inside. I ain't no, no cigarettes. Don't anyway. Damn, I hey, <laughs> hey, Acho, no uh, this and that. You set the drag. temperature because yeah, it's your crib. It's my damn crib. You're right. crib. You're right. You're right. So You're right. it's Kyrie's crib. So Kyrie has to dictate the terms of engagement for Durant. He got to dictate the terms of engagement for Harden because it's my crib. Yeah, dog. yeah, great point. And it, that's when you get caught up in that you shouldn't do business with your family. You shouldn't be playing with your homie like that because you don't check them as much as you should. But Acho, you're right. My house, take your shoes off. But I've seen your feet. Keep yours on. <laughs> Coming up, who's under more pressure in tonight's huge game fight? Them dogs bark. Jason Tatum and Giannis. We'll answer that next on Speak for Yourself. Got toenail clippings all on the floor. The Celtics will host the Bucks in a pivotal game five tonight. Now the series is tied 2-2, and a lot of eyes are going to be on superstars Giannis and Jason Tatum. Mm. Now Tatum is averaging about 23 points in the series and dropped 30 in the Celtics' win in game four, while Giannis scored 34 in that game, but the 34 points and 18 boards were not enough. Mm. So, Sal, who's <laughs> under more pressure tonight, Giannis or Jason Tatum? 
Giannis, because we should really phrase this question properly. Who's under more pressure tonight, Giannis or the Celtics with Jason Tatum as their leader? Because he has a team. Giannis, man, he out there doing it by himself. And the craziest part is that his teammates need Giannis to do it all. Usually in a situation where you see Giannis, who's looking fatigued, I'm not talking about tongue out your mouth and on the ground dragging. I'm talking about the fact that Field goal attempts keep going up. Efficiency keeps going down. And you get outscored by 15 in the last time we saw you guys playing each other. He's trying to do too much. And his teammates keep encouraging him to do too much instead of picking up the slack. Drew Holiday, anybody? Anybody? Number two through number eight on his team all have a plus minus. That's a minus. No one's helping Giannis consistently. Meanwhile, you look at Jason Tatum, he has support. Whether it's an Al Horford one game or if it's a Jalen Brown the next game, he has support. Plus, the Celtics go as he goes. Not necessarily with the Bucs right now, because without Middleton, Giannis still going to get his, but that doesn't guarantee a victory. So more pressure tonight, it's Giannis. He by himself. I agree with you, man. It's Giannis because Giannis is a better player. And mm-hmm. I know sometimes yeah. you don't fully agree with that philosophy because you say better player has already earned more, so he's not under more pressure because what's he have to lose? But in this situation... If Giannis doesn't get through this series, then Giannis, who are you really? Yeah. You've won a title, one-time finals MVP, two-time NBA MVP. But at this point, being a back-to-back MVP and a two-time MVP is starting to get dilute. Mm. Think about the backlash of Nikola Jokic's back-to-back MVPs. Think about the backlash of Steve Nash's back-to-back MVPs. To be a back-to-back MVP once upon a time was rare air. Mm. But now Giannis, that's a little bit dilute, so that doesn't mean as much. Giannis is under more pressure, Cell, because if Giannis does not stay at the top of the mountain, then he's just here today, gone tomorrow. Mm. And that is not strong enough. If If Giannis wins this series, goes to the finals, wins a chip, or even just goes to the finals, now you are supplanting yourself as being on top of the mountain for two consecutive years. But if you win a chip and then get bounced in the semis the next year, That's not really doing all that much. Giannis is currently flirting with being a top 10 player of all time. Winning this series single-handedly, getting to the finals, and then winning the finals, even if Middleton ends up doing all the work, now you are cemented as a top 10 player. The pendulum will shift so much so for Giannis. Mm. Whereas Jason Tatum, winning this series, you're still a budding superstar. Lose this series, you're still a budding superstar. Win this game, budding superstar. Mm. Lose this game, budding superstar. Jason Tatum's legacy will not be impacted at all by this series. No. Not in the slightest no. bit. But Giannis's legacy, oh, made, continue to be made, or it can break to some degree. Yeah, now he's speaking the same language um, about Giannis. A few blocks ago, I was like, who is Giannis? And, you know, I, I like to do that tongue-in-cheek a lot of times because I know it gets under your skin. But being real, if you don't stay at the top, Giannis, people going to always question how you got to the top. I lived through that in my own career, and I've watched other guys. When it's the short-lived, I'm at the top, I'm the dude. People start saying, hmm. And I want people to do that because if Giannis can't stay here right now, when you already ran through Kevin Durant and got, knocked him off the perch in terms of the greatest player on the planet, and now you're up here, but you lose to the Boston Celtics. Me, the rational person I am, would say, yeah, he didn't have Middleton. That's not how sports fans are. They were like, I thought you were the best player. If you're the best player, you should be able to. Forgetting that other great players have stumbled along the way as well. So Giannis got noticed, the back-to-back MVPs and recognized. 
But now if you want that greatness to turn into you are a legend, you're going to have to do something when it matters most. And it's postseason, even if you're under man, they don't care if one hand's tied behind your back. And here's what's interesting, Sal. It's almost like that, that mile relay, if you will, four people running the four, one lap each. I don't necessarily need you to go and take the lead on this leg of the relay, which is you running your one lap, but just make up ground. Make up ground and make sure you give us a chance to win when it matters. Mm. Giannis is under pressure to make up ground tonight. Mm. I need Giannis to do one of two things. A, win. That's easy. B, if you lose, conserve the mess out of your energy. Mm. If they lose tonight, I do not want Giannis to play more than 31 minutes. So, Giannis, you got one of two options. I'm not saying you got to win. But if you do not win tonight, then make sure you conserve your energy because in my mind, that's making up ground. You got two games left, Giannis, if you lose tonight. Mm. And I need you to have enough juice in the tank to go steal another game, but make sure you can go back to Boston like you went to Brooklyn last year in the Mm. Eastern Conference semis and play well enough to end it and the series. So I don't even need Giannis to win tonight, but I need him to make up ground, make up enough ground physically or on a scorebook so that he knows he can win the series. Man. God, they're going to start coming at Giannis if he can't get past this. I mean, I, I wish people were rational as me. Listen to this. This just made me think about my career real quick, my, my good years. I don't want to talk about my bad years because that's why I'm here. Here we go. You know any defensive ends that ever had 10 and a half sacks in a year? Yeah. Like, duh. You know any defensive ends that had 13 sacks? Yeah, of course. of course. Now, do you know any that had that in two years, 23 and a half sacks? Yeah, a couple. You're starting to get a short list, though, huh? You don't know need to have 23 and a half sacks, missing two games and having in-season back surgery and foot surgery. I'm the greatest of all time. Coming up, the <laughs> NFL schedule is slowly being revealed, and we're getting the Cowboys and Packers in November with my money. We'll tell you which team is the bigger threat in the NFC next on Speak for Yourself. See how you can make stuff look? For <laughs> my money. The Cowboys versus the Packers on Fox is such big news. It made it to a billboard in Times Square. Then, then, for the rest of the 2022 NFL schedule release, make sure you tune in to FS1 and NFL Network tomorrow at 8 Eastern. Speaking of that big game, Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers facing off in November, definitely a marquee matchup. And to add a little more spice, it'll be former Packers head coach Mike McCarthy's first trip back to Lambeau Field, this time with his Cowboys. So, Acho. Who is the bigger threat in the NFC, Cowboys or Packers? The Packers. The Cowboys are not a threat in the NFC. Um, the Cowboys are that dog that is behind the door and they barking and they barking and they barking. You scared. It might be a rot. It might be a pit bull. You walk in, it's a poodle. <laughs> do to you. Don't make a lot of noise. And when you don't really see what you are meant to see, you might be intimidated. But by the time you show up, like the 49ers did, in Dallas, mm. like the 49ers did mm. in the playoffs, like the 49ers were. You see, oh, they just over there barking. The barking to make no noise. Mm. Um, the Packers, however, have Aaron Rodgers. And as long as 12 Gage is back there, he can do some. That's what they call him? 12 Gage. They, who, you know, huh? Well, you played in the league after me. Y'all gave him 12 Gage? <laughs> Woo! As long as 12 Gage is back there, boy. Special. He, he can do some damage. Ooh, I don't really no. fear. The Cowboys with Dak Prescott. Mm. Dak Prescott, as y'all know, against playoff teams since 2019, 4-14. Mm. and 14. Aaron Rodgers against playoff teams since 2019, 
12 and 4. Mm. I mean, it's not even really a, a conversation. Dak mm. Prescott, he ain't really no, got nothing can't. on Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think Dak Prescott thinks he has anything on Aaron Rodgers. Cowboys aren't a threat. Mm. Cowboys need to make sure they are a threat in the NFC East, the way that the Philadelphia Eagles are starting to make some noise. Mm. Cowboys just need to make sure they take care of business. Mm. National landscape, not concerned. Oh, man. You know I'm going the opposite way. Oh, the bigger threat are the Cowboys. Let's talk about this. Let's be real. You talk about those 49ers? Um, they beat the Cowboys, right? Did they beat the Green Bay? Oh, same team, huh? And which game was closer? Oh. See, styles make fights, but also matchups, man. Sometimes you get lucky. Just you see them later, you see them a different time. But y'all both suffered. And let me remind you, Acho, I've only been bit by one dog in my life. Missy. That was a poodle. <laughs> one dog. I've been around a lot of rods, a lot of pit bulls, off chains, off leash. And that damn poodle got me right here. I ain't lying. Um, who has the better offense going off? I wondered. Cowboys or Packers? With the back-to-back MVP? Y'all don't have a better offense? Nope. And y'all lost y'all best threat. Ooh, good Lord. Who has a better defense? Oh, the Cowboys. Better offense, better defense. Passing, rushing, total offense. Hey, man. Let me give it to you like this. You got to understand that the Cowboys have not properly utilized all of their resources Therefore, they have underachieved. I would say that the Packers have underachieved, but to a lighter, lesser degree than the Cowboys. Cowboys figure out their running game. They ain't got a number one. You figure out your number two. Oh, you got a tight end. That could be your number two. What are they going to do in Green Bay? Let's just be real about that. Who is going to replace the production loss of Devontae Adams? And being real, how can you replace it? Aaron Rodgers, you got all the money. Being serious about this one. It was just the luck of the draw that, golly, Packers didn't have to see the 49ers first because the 49ers played both teams, looked better against the Packers. That's fair, and the 49ers did knock out both them cats, but let's just be honest, man. Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, where you at? Oh, come on, 12 games. <laughs> Give no me that. question. So you got Aaron Rodgers. Keep in mind, the Cowboys coach is a Packers reject. Like, not only did we not want you, Mike McCarthy. Reject. We didn't want you so bad that we were like, you know what? Middle reject. of the season, go ahead and get on out. He here. got a massage too long, and he, he got a ring. Literally got a, a ring. reject. Matt Lafleur, thirteen wins, thirteen wins, thirteen wins. Oh, give really? me Matt Lafleur. Give me Aaron Rodgers. Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy. Mm. You're talking about the Packers rejects. Oh, really? Thirty-nine wins. 13, 13, 13, Right? How many rings? <laughs> Minus the thirty-nine. <laughs> Zero. Nothing. What you got to show for it? Oh, y'all keep getting to the conference championship game. Oh, ooh, did, did that occur? Here we go. Who had the best record in the NFC amongst all teams? I wonder if it was the Packers. Nope, nope, nope. Not that number one seed. The Dallas Cowboys handle business. Man, you got to get some respect. Stop with the self-hate. Love where you're from. D-Town, baby. I ain't got a better nickname than 12 Gauge, but D-Town have to do for right now. Coming up, Joel Embiid did not play well last night. And something not winning the MVP has something to do with it. Ooh, have a lot to say about this next on Speak for Yourself. How did I miss 12 games? Joel Embiid had a night to forget, finishing with 17 points in the Sixers' blowout loss. Now, this was his first game since Nikola Jokic was named the MVP. Charles Barkley said at halftime, quote, Joel Embiid is so distracted, in my opinion, by this MVP thing. Now, Embiid talked about the award after the game. Take a listen. Obviously, congrats to Nikola. Uh, you know, he deserved it. He had a, an amazing season. I'm not mad. Um, well, that's two years in a row. Uh, you know, I've, I put myself uh, in that position. It didn't happen. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like at this point, is whatever. <laughs> so, 
Bell, um, do you blame Embiid for letting his MVP loss affect his play? <sighs> He's a human, um, but I do blame him if he let that get to him. One, it's just an award. Like, you brought up just a couple of blocks ago, we were talking about music artists and, and rappers, and you're like, oh, you only got so many Grammys. Like, I don't know where you got lost on the journey where all of a sudden that recognition means more to you than your performance. Your performance gets you in position for that recognition, but then it gets subjective. So therefore, if you know that your performance is objective, why would you ever want to get into a lane where you have to lean into the bias of other people? To me, that sounds like you're lost. Now, I understand you're a human being, so things happen. If you get bad news on the way to a game, you might be affected. You might have a bad game. I've told you countless stories of people used to come to my house and used to pregame in my house, not remembering I have to go to work. It's not just a game to me. So y'all barbecuing, getting drunk, playing dominoes in space before I got to go drive through this traffic to go to the game. And if y'all got issues, then some of those issues do land on me. Now, Joel B knows how this process goes. Nothing you do in the postseason can affect what you can do for the MVP. It should work in a flip as well. Hey, the MVP was given out. What does it matter to me in the postseason? That job was already done. So I blame him this much. Just the human element. Only a little bit. As a human, I don't blame him at all. As an athlete, I blame him a ton. Okay. Because as an athlete, we are taught to compartmentalize. And those at home are like, what the heck you mean, Acho? Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. Athletes are snobby, right? We refer to ourselves, especially in college, yo, we the athletes and the rest is gem pop, general I population. Y'all know how it goes. Athletes, we think of ourselves as higher than we are. So I have to differentiate for the sake of this dialogue. Mm. I blame Embiid as an athlete because you are taught to compartmentalize. You lose a loved one, you still playing on Saturday or Sunday. You, uh, something happens with a marital dispute. You still going to be at work. You're going to be at practice. You break a bone. Can you tape it up and push through it? Athletes are taught to compartmentalize. So, Joel mm-hmm. Embiid, I need you to compartmentalize in this moment. But the real reason that I, I blame Embiid for letting that MVP affect him is because he's lying to himself. And you can't fix a problem you don't know exists, Embiid. So, until you realize you got a problem with being snubbed, you can't fix it. So, he hmm. said this. What you I'm not mad about the award. I mean, that's two years in a row. If uh, you are mad about it, uh, you would not be counting and tallying it up. That part. No, I'm not mad you were late. I mean, you've just been late the last five times we've been going to dinner. If you're not mad about it, then don't list it off. The second thing he said is, what do you say? At this point, it's whatever. Whenever somebody says it's whatever. Boy, they had a breaking point. It ain't whatever. (laughs) And so for Embiid to not recognize that he actually is impacted by the MVP award and the snubbing of it means he can't fix the issue. Mm. And unless he can fix the issue, he's going to make the biggest mistake any defensive back in football can make on any given play. Never get beat twice. Mm. You give up a big bomb over the top. That's fine. Move on to the next play. They always tell you in football, particularly at the defensive back position, don't let the same play beat you twice. Mm. And B, don't let the same voting beat you twice. It beat you in the regular season. Don't let it beat you in the post. Stop giving these people all your power, man. You got the power to play. And then you're going to say, oh, well, how do you think I played? And that's going to matter more than how you played? Eh. But you made a great point. War can't be avoided. Just postpone. If you got a problem with something, confront it. If not, you're going to delay it and still got to confront it. Coming up, Eric, Eric Spolster got a shoulder rub from DJ Khaled <laughs> during the game last night. Oh, yeah. Keep it a repeat. Another one.
Good one. Do it again. Another one. Yeah, I read that right. We'll tell you if we loved or hated it. Next, on Speak for Yourself. Look at Spolster. He ain't feeling that. <laughs> he ain't feeling DJ that. DJ Khaled was trying to pump up Heat fans he in the, the third best. quarter last night. And while walking back to his seat, he rubbed Eric Spolster's shoulders. Hi. Spolster said he thought it was funny. And the moment reminded people of Drake rubbing Raptors head coach Nick Nurse's shoulders three years ago. Hi. So, Acho. Love or hate DJ Khaled's Drake moment at the Heat game. I love it on the surface because it's cool. I like DJ Khaled. We the best music. But <laughs> I almost hate it because it's like respect their profession to some degree. I don't want to be a get off my line guy, but like Eric Spolster is coaching a pivotal must win game. DJ Khaled, like, what are you even doing, big Yeah, dog? Yeah, I can love both people and hate this. And I hate this. I'm the man. Yep. Get off my lawn. First of all, you yes, get off my lawn. It's my lawn, fool. You know how long it takes for me to grow that good grass? This is corny. Let me tell you why. This is really what jock sniffing is. Like, you're not messing with the athletes. You're getting as close as you can. Ooh, coach, rub your shoulders. Look at me. I'm around the athletes. Man, sit, y'all. That's it for us. Another we'll see one. you tomorrow. <laughs> the best. Still love.